figure, she stops playing with all the other boys. And as she gets ready to squirt and to blast, she'll squeal with pleasure and fluids will spill. As she listens to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast with my dudes Will the Thrill and Joe Static. And now, Will the Thrill and Joe Static and the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Welcome back to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. As you heard from the great Joel Gertner, I'm your host, Will the Thrill. And I am your co-host, Joe Static. Static, what's up, baby? And for all our listeners, or maybe you've become a new listener, you can subscribe to this podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please hit that subscribe button. Follow us. If you do that, you'll know when our new episodes pop up. We run a weekly episodic wrestling figure podcast, and we drop new episodes every Saturday. Also, if you are listening, or let's just say you just started listening and you really love our podcast, or maybe you don't love it even, write a review. It's always helpful. Look, we'll take constructive criticism. We'll take the punches. We'll get in the ring. We'll we'll take the bumps, baby. So please write a review. And as Joe knows, and I know, if you write a review, we'll always post it on social media. So we'll repost it on Twitter. Joe heads up the Twitter account over there. So he'll throw it out there to all our Twitter followers. Will the Thrill here on Instagram. We'll throw it up on Instagram. And we'll thank you all. So remember to do that, though. Write the review. We'll post it on our Instagram and Twitter sites. But go over there as well and follow us at SQD Circle AFP. And coming soon, we'll be launching our weekly YouTube live streams, the Wrestling Figure Roundtable at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Wow, Joe, we have a jam-packed episode for our listeners this week. I'm very excited to get into these New segments again. We're in our new season. I'm pumped up, baby. Woo! How do you feel, babe? I'm amped, man. I like the new format. I think these new segments are a lot of fun, man. I'm looking forward to the missing link this week. I think we got uh, a lot of uh, fire in that collector's corner this week as well, man. The show's uh, amped up. I'm amped up like last week, man. Every week I get a little more amped up. I might set some shit on fire here. I'm not sure yet. May bring back the pit list, may get the fires rolling. We may break a few champagne bottles on the wall, but it'll (laughs) always be in good fun here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. I'll tell you one thing, Joe. I know what we're going to set on fire, and I know what's going to be fire. We're going to be headed to the Toy Con, baby. Toy Con, New Jersey. And this is you. This is the static, baby. This is static toys. We'll be at ToyCon, New Jersey. Joe, tell our listeners a little bit more about the event, where it's held, what date, et cetera, et cetera. So ToyCon, New Jersey is back. Uh, I was on a little hiatus with the whole COVID situation, but Joe, the owner, he's got everything in place. New location, safe, family-friendly, the whole nine. It takes place uh, in a couple of weeks, October 9th through October 11th in Wayne, New Jersey. And the address is one 
PAL Drive. So one PAL Drive. The PAL stands for Police Athletic League. One PAL Drive, Wayne, New Jersey, 07470 is the zip code there. Friday, it's 2 to 9. Saturday, it's 9 to 7. They extended those hours, so you get a lot of shitload of people there that day. And Sunday, it's 9 to 4. Those three days, uh, the ToyCon's been absent since uh, last year, which is crazy. So it's back in full force. New location. The parking is insane because there are so many spots where the last location, it was a little iffy with the parking. You know, it gets crammed. This place has unlimited parking. Uh, it's going to be good, man. Squared Circle will be there. Me and Will will be set up. You know, I'll be doing my thing, selling vintage toys. Will's jumping in. He's helping. And if you want to meet us, you want to come talk about the pod, you want to meet us in person, we'll be there. You know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll meet everybody there. And I might set a couple people on fire. I'm not sure yet. You know, I'm, 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 oh, in, that, I'm in that zone right now. You know what I mean? I might have a blowtorch. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. I know there's a booth that's going to be displaying some things. I may be going setting that booth on fire, baby. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come up to us, if you want to, you know, meet us, talk about the show. If you want to say, "Hey, I fucking hate your show," that's fun too. I would like to meet you. Yeah, just to get, just expect to get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. if you want to meet us in person? Uh, feel free. You know, come on down. Tell us you know more than we do. I know how the wrestling figure community is, so come down, put us down. And uh, we'll, we'll be there to laugh and have a good time. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all in good fun. Go over to Joe's other Instagram page, Static Toys. That's all one word. S-T-A-T-I-C-S-T-O-Y-S Toys. Static Toys on Instagram. He'll be posting throughout the weeks leading up to the event. A lot of the information for the event. And what's great is if you do follow the event site that's at ToyConNJ underscore VP, they do a lot of giveaways and stuff as well. So, I mean, you may be able to get in there. I know they do a lot of figure giveaways. They usually have some ticket giveaways and such. There's going to be some reveals from NECA, their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line. There's going to be a world premiere from that line. So that's going to be very exciting. NECA always has a booth there as well, so you may be able to find some figures you're looking for on the cheap. So again, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, October 9th to the 11th in Wayne, New Jersey. Come check us out. Again, we just want to have fun. Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast will be there representing static toys and maybe buy some vintage toys from Joe. He'll have some vintage stuff. He'll have some, ret- he'll have some retro stuff. He'll have some modern stuff. I may bring a few things. Who the hell knows? We're going to get crazy, baby. Are you bringing that warlord LJN again? I might have to, uh, might have to pick that up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that your like birthday present for next year? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was my Christmas present. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll think about that. Anyway, if you also want to support our podcast, we have three really cool shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees right now. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash SQD Circle AFP. That's our Pro Wrestling Tees shop. You can find our three shirts there. We have our logo tee. We have our MOC tee. That's the mint on card NWO style tee. And we have our got figs tee with the bca al snow head on the back so it's basically a al snow shirt from the attitude era 
but it says got figs instead of got head and it's got that bca head on the back i love it so go over to pro wrestling tees guys get a shirt if you buy a shirt and you wear it and you post it on instagram we'll retweet it so that'll be fun too we love the shirts it'll really 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 help support the podcast and get things going so go over to prowrestlingtees.com slash SQD Circle AFP and get a shirt now. Joe, you know what time it is. Is it time for the what segment? It's time for the what segment of the week. What? 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 I love that little bit of a tune there I got on that new music that I created, you know? And then you got, what? What? I, the music's great. After that, I feel like us saying what <laughs> was killing it a little bit. <laughs> so. Well, the funniest thing about it is I didn't make the music till after we recorded this podcast. <laughs> when, I went, when, I, when I heard it back and even the outro leaving it, I'm like, all right, we got to uh, we got to cut that out. Yeah, and I didn't cut it out. <laughs> I I think the music does it justice. I think the music is good. Well, you know what this segment is. This is our what question of the week. We like to get fun with this. Last week, we discussed things like whether Adam Bomb was the Intercontinental (laughs) Champion or not. I don't even know what the hell was going on, but hey, I I answered. I thought I made a logical answer there. And this week, who gets to go first? I mean, we have to start drawing a hat or something. You know what? I think you went first last week, right? So I'm going to go first this week. We'll leave the ball in your court. And here is the question this week for Joe Static. Did you have any fun purchases this week? I um, checked one off the list that I wanted. I got the uh, Jax Double Slam 4 Hardy's 2-pack. I always wanted that 2-pack. So this week I got it. I'm a little... The only thing that kind of sucks about it is the one tag title. But I'm going to keep it in the package anyway. So doesn't really matter. But yeah, man, Hardy's Double Slam 4 2-pack. It's finally in the collection. I got that, and I got uh, the exclusive Billy Graham. And what else? I think I have one more thing. Oh, I, I got the uh, Lightning Collection uh, Mighty Morphin Black Ranger. So that completes the set there. Nice, nice. You finally found that. Some really good purchases there, man. I know you've been looking for that Black Ranger. I have not seen it. So I just want to let you know that we haven't touched base about that, but I've seen a lot of Goldars on the pegs. Every time I see the Power Rangers out there, the Black Ranger is always gone. Always. And you have people, I don't. I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, you have the guy coming to Target, taking every Power Ranger off the pegs, putting them in, placing them in front of himself in the aisle, taking pictures of each one, marking the price up, selling them in the store. He hasn't even bought them yet. And bringing them up to the counter to buy. Amazing. Yeah, insane. It's a new low. I really, I want to have, I want to be positive about the collecting community, quote unquote, right? And we do at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast support the collecting community. But when you see behavior like this, it's just, it's uncalled for. You know, I, I just don't, I don't know what other, like, and there's a lot of behavior like this that does go on within this community. And I just don't really know what to do other than to denounce it and just be like, yeah, go go, fuck yourself, you know, because it's <laughs> stupid. We're here to help each other out. 
And you know what? I, I am getting a little tired of the behavior that I got to buy everything for everybody else too. Like everybody else has got to go hunting for themselves. All right. Like if you don't have the time, well, yeah, wait for your pre-orders then. I don't know what to tell you, bro. You know, like. Yeah. They're like, can you, can you pick that up for me? I'm like, yeah. I guess. I guess, and it's fine. And GBM does a good job with that. He's a good brother. He goes out there. He takes a lot of his time and effort to go fig hunting for other people. But when I see this going on, even just in other Facebook communities and whatnot, and it's happening where I'm in a situation that makes it awkward in the retail store, it's not a good thing. You should understand if I'm also there and I'm a collector and I need a piece that you're going to give to a friend of yours when the friend should just get his ass off his couch or try to find the time to go figure out themselves. Well, that's just a bad move. I'm sorry. And the hiding and stuff. And it just I'm tired of it all, Joe. You know, I'm tired of the nonsense. Be an adult. If you have the money, buy the figure for yourself. People start being fucking adults again. Anyway, I'm done with that <laughs> diatribe. This week, I I just I I'm, I'm boiling about it. Well, I, I always appreciate you looking for me, man. But I, I got you know I get that that's a different story, you know. Yeah, but, but uh, Joe, do, how often do I even do that? There was a there was a little there was a piece where where you were helping me out for a while. Was it those? It was a, a chunk. little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I got you some. I, mean, I got you some I, turtle stuff, you know, because I had the I had the in right. I had the connect the masters of the universe WWEs. But I I mean. It's things here or there. I'm never. I'm not constantly hounding you or on your back about shit. No, and I'm not doing the same to you. You know, and 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 that's the thing. It's just, I just don't get it. Where you have to go into a store and you're just grabbing cases of all this stuff. You know, I understand like Eric, he's doing it for the business and whatnot. And not to say it, it doesn't help inventory push through, but if you have other people there and you're doing it, it's just bad. And when you get to the point where you personally, Joe, are seeing people selling shit in the store. <laughs> you know, or propose selling. Yeah, who knows what the hell they're doing? I don't. I actually had a good moment this week. I had two good moments in collecting, and I'm going on again a diatribe. But I wanted to mention this to our listeners. The first good moment was yesterday. I was in a Walmart store, and they had the big Masters of the Universe display, not the WWE Masters of the Universe display, but just the regular Masters that they're getting that huge shipper. And I picked through to find two figures for my buddy, Paul, which lives down the street, but he was at the toy shop. So they had a ton of He-Mans. I only took one He-Man. I took one of the the other guys that he needed, and that's it. And they had a bunch of them to help him out. But a guy comes up to me. He's like, oh my God, this is amazing. He's like, I'm going to get every one of them. I never had them when I was a kid. And he had to be in his 30s or 40s, probably even in his 40s, he actually asked me to take a picture of him in front of the, the display. He was so excited. We're going to talk about this in the collector's corner about that nostalgia, right? And how it brings you back to when you were a little kid. He's like, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't. This is amazing. And he just bought him. It was amazing. Great moment. The other moment was I met a younger kid trying to get some Star Wars figures. And you know what we did? We split the case. I told him, I said, look, I don't need it all. You're about 10 years younger than me. I know you're a big time Star Wars collector. We exchanged our information. We're going to help each other out now. And that was a really great thing to do. I could have walked out with the entire case, Joe. <laughs> I did because I'm not a fucking asshole. All right. So because I'm an adult. But anyway, I digress. Those are just two things off the cusp of figure hunting this week I wanted to mention to our listeners. Yeah, that's nice, man. I don't ever meet nice people in the toy store, so I don't really know. Dude, 
anomaly. This is not an normal occurrence, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, boy. Anyway, let's move on. What do you got for me? Uh, kind of random, but I thought it'd be fun. If ECW, original San Francisco toy makers, were to do a pay-per-view themed ring, which one would you have wanted? Oh, wow. I know what I have to pick. And this is just, again, you're hitting the nostalgia button here. This goes back to some of the Instagram photos I posted. My first ECW event was Living Dangerously 1999. Oh, it was my first ECW pay-per-view in the Asbury Park Convention Center, March 1st, 1998. My dad actually took me there. I got on camera. I was wearing my ECW shirt with the red logo and the Surgeon General warning on the back. I had my Notre Dame hat on. It was an insane, insane pay-per-view. One of my favorite ECW pay-per-views, and I know I may be biased, but I thought the matches in the card from top to bottom was stacked. New Jack came right down my row. That's when I got on television, when he went off the balcony onto Mustafa on the tables. I mean, dude, the crowd was incredible. I absolutely love the Living Dangerously logo as well. I thought it was very, very well done. So personally, I'd have to choose the Living Dangerously logo on that ring. Yeah, you got the purple. It it pops off that like off blue of the ring. Yeah, so that's who you would go with. That's who I would go with. Yeah, I mean, uh, for a ring, if they did make a pay-per-view ring, that's the logo I'd like to put on it just because, again, I'm very sentimental about that pay-per-view. I really liked the color scheme. Again, it's got that green and then the purplish and, and whatnot in it. It's just amazing. A close second, and we've discussed this before, would have to be probably the Heat Wave logo. I, I absolutely love that logo. It's tough because all these logos, as we previously discussed on another podcast episode, you know, they're just they're just fun. You know, they don't do them anymore because they're always changing the mats up. Those would be my picks. Either Living Dangerously or Heat Wave for me. Awesome, man. Yeah, that those are two good picks. I'd go with the Living Dangerously as well, though, if I had to pick. It's a great logo. And the one ECW ring they, they did come out with, you know, to this day, it's still a great piece. You know, it's very hard to find. It's their only ring. So I always thought, you know, if they followed it up with another ring, what would that be? So I was curious to see what you thought there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, Living Dangerously, I don't think was one of their bigger pay-per-views. I think you have, if you were probably going to do a themed ring, it, it'd have to be barely legal, right? I mean, it ha- or... I mean, what are your thoughts on that? If I had to pick a, a themed ring, I think just from the timeline, it would have to be either Hardcore Heaven or November to Remember. I think I would go to either one of those. Besides Barely Legal, and even before that, you know, 96, 95, those were always the pay-per-views that, uh, he, I guess you could say Heat Wave too, but I'd probably go with like November to Remember or like a Heat Wave, Hardcore Heaven kind of thing on the ring. It's interesting, you know, because again, what was really their big pay-per-view for the year? Like, I know Barely Legal was like their first pay-per-view, but what was their WrestleMania, really? Maybe November to Remember? I thought it was November to Remember. If I had to pick one, I think that's what it was. So then, that you know, then I guess that would be like, from a business standpoint and from a marketing standpoint, it, it'd probably be November to Remember then, you know, as far as their like main pay-per-view. 
But no, I'd be happy with any. You know that. It's a good question, though. Absolutely love it. I absolutely love the ECW ring. I have one. You have one, Mitten Box. We love the ECW OSFTM collection and ECW as a promotion. So tune in next week, listeners, where we choose another two questions to ask each other. And you'll never know what, 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 what it is. I can feel electricity in the air. And welcome to this week's edition of the Gorilla Position on the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Joe, this week we have a great, great, great topic of discussion. It's actually an ultimate topic of discussion. We're following up last week's Oh My God Figure of the Week with our take and our position on Mattel's WWE Ultimate Editions. There has been so much controversy, I would say, surrounding this figure line because it's been a roller coaster ride with the Ultimate Editions line. It started off with a great idea, with a lot of steam, and then as we got into the line, eh, I don't know, there were some questionable choices. But now, as we sit here in October of 2020, we have some really, really, really great figures on the horizon that are Ultimate Editions, and we're going to give you our take on all this. So, Joe, what do you think about this series? What did you think about the introduction? What did you think about the character selection or the wrestler selection and really what happened to these at retail when i first seen the ultimate edition line announced initially i I mean i guess i still am but initially i was excited you know you get that first series and you know you see the ultimate warrior and we never had that version of the warrior before so i was like oh this is awesome you know they're hitting it right out the gate you know, you get the warrior, but then you had Ronda Rousey. And I was like, all right, you know, retro, new. Oh my, I, I get what they're doing. They're doing a two piece. They're giving you an old school and they're giving you a new school. And I could get that. But right off the bat, I was like, ah, do I w- want a Ronda Rousey Ultimate Edition figure? You know? So I was ex- initially excited about the warrior. I like WCW version of the warrior i thought that was cool i thought the figure looked great i like the packaging i like the box and i you know it comes with all the different accessories and it made sense the price point to me you know the 30 dollars made sense 10 dollars more than an elite you're getting a little extra so it makes sense you know you know why would they put it 20 you know it doesn't make any sense if it's an ultimate edition 30 bucks i thought it was cheaper you know they could do 40 45 you know, that's usually what an ultimate edition other companies are going for. So I was like, 30 bucks, it's reasonable. A little step up from an elite. Right out the gate, you get the warrior. I know a couple handful of people weren't that excited, you know, the WCW version of the warrior, but I thought it was cool. I liked the warrior. Ronda Rousey, I got, I was, but I wasn't as excited. I don't even know why the hell I got it. So I was interested, Will, to see the next series and you get Nakamura and I'm like, oh God, and Brett. And I was like, okay, here we go again. One I don't want. One I want, but I'm like, I'm not really excited about that one either. 
you get a Bret Hart. I'm like, okay. So I got the Bret. I got the Nakamura. And here's the thing. I got the Nakamura because there was about a thousand of them sitting on the pegs. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a poor choice, I think, for a current superstar. So before you move on with the actual lines and our thoughts of them, I just want to give people a little bit of a background perspective of what happened here. So the Ultimate Editions line was created out of the Entrance Greats series, I believe, two, or I want to say series two of Entrance Greats. Let me say that this was the second incarnation of Entrance Greats, and they failed miserably. They were bulky. They didn't come with anything but the entrance stand. It just wasn't appealing for people, and the price point was too high at $30. I mean, that's basically what happened. So I guess Mattel thought, let's create these Ultimate Editions that are more geared towards loose collectors, that they have swappable hands, swappable heads. You get more, like you said. You get these attires. You get different head sculpts. They're really geared towards loose collectors and figure photography collectors, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's more geared towards that. You know, if you you know the accessory part is what makes it uh, a little more price point. Yeah, a little. You get a higher price point, and it's more geared towards because you have the additional accessories, the swappable hands, arms, legs, heads, whatever. You know, again, very very focused towards this niche, the ultimate Mattel figure. So then, as Joe said. They start off with the current superstar and the retro superstar, which is a good idea, but they start this off kind of like they did with Legends initially in 2010. Just odd choices. I don't think Ultimate Warrior is an odd choice, but that Ronda Rousey, like you said, really the first figure? She was new, like you said, but I mean, really? Was she is she that hot to give her an ultimate edition? At the time in 2018, I don't know, man. Yeah, exactly. So right off the gate, right, you know, right out the gate, you're like, okay, you know, the Warrior Rousey, you know, same thing with the Nakamura and the Brit. You're like, all right, I'm not that excited about these two. Guess I'll get the Brit. Here's the thing: Nakamura sitting on the pegs, not good. That's what killed it, I think, in Target. Because then Triple H, which I like the Triple H, and I the next series, I like the Triple H, and I like the Finn Balor, I like the Demon Balor. Looks great. The Triple H, I don't really collect Triple H figures, but I got that one. Same thing. I was like, all right, they're rebounding. Series three. Here we go. This looks good. Very quick on target. If you found Triple H or Finn Balor, I did see them on the pegs, but they were gone. So I was like, that's a good sign. But that Nakamura stayed there forever. Going to season, I mean, going to series four, it didn't even hit retail. And the price point online is a lot higher for these, for Shawn Michaels and Brock Lesnar. Series four, you can only find them online. Can't even find them in stores. No, I know. And it's so funny you mentioned the the Nakamura situation. So here's the thing about the Nakamura situation. I didn't see them liquidated. I mean, I guess they went on clearance maybe for a brief time, but I didn't see it. I don't remember it. And now they're gone and they're not at a big lots or one of these liquidation retailers like five below. So they must have eventually sold them all. I don't know how, I don't know to whom or where, maybe it was the general public. But like you said, they rebound with a really hot wave in the Triple H and Finn Balor. And it seems like they actually took on less product Target at the time. Because Target was really the only one carrying these. Yeah. 
that's how it was uh, supposed to be. Oh, it was. See, I didn't know that. I I thought like Walmart was going to have them as well. So I didn't know that they were Target only figures. But you could get them also at ringside. and Yeah, you could still get them on ringside. So I think, you know, going down there, you know, going down the line, started off pretty good. I, the Ronda Rousey and Warriors always sold. And when I seen them, next time they were gone. So I was like, okay, cool. The Bret Hart lingered a little bit. The Nakamura, I think, really did it in. Like you mentioned, I think the Triple H and Finn Balor was quick. When I did see them, they were gone. Series four, we didn't see, which I I like the Shawn Michaels. Head's a little weird. I thought the Shawn, I was like, here we go again. The Michaels and Brock Lesnar, no one's going to buy. That didn't even happen. And then now, you know, later on, we're not seeing the sets on retail at all. You know, you got the John Cena and Becky Lynch next series up. Those, I was like, okay, these at retail, Becky's, you know, hot, you know, like, I mean, like hot, like a wrestler, you know, she's double champ, comes with the two belts. John Cena is always a seller, you know, he always appeals. So I was like, and that Ultimate Edition, as we discussed, is a great figure. So I was like, okay, here's the rebound for retail. That's not happening. No. And we've not got official word from Mattel about this either. They have been very hush-hush and have been saying they will be available. But every time they're posed with the question on whether or not this is going back to in-store retail, they don't they don't give you a firm answer. So I'm assuming it's no at this point. And I think that's the case, Will, because if you look at Series 6 now, Charlotte Flair, The Rock. Charlotte Flair is a ringside exclusive. And the Rock is an Amazon exclusive, so that right there tells you that retail's done for these guys, right? It's all e-tail now, all online retailers. I agree with you. I think it's done. If they're going to hit these in store at Target, this next wave is when you do it. The Fiend and Hulk Hogan. If if there was any wave that you're going to pitch to a purchasing agent or a buyer from a large retailer, this is the wave you do it in coming up. But even that wave has all been online. So I pre-ordered my Hulk Hogan Fiend on Ringside Collectibles because it's supposed to be here in November, October or November. So who knows? I, I don't know. I think, look, from my perspective and knowing a little bit about the industry, I think Target didn't renew them because of the Nakamura line. I think it really did them in. And not only that, I think Ronda Rousey sat around for a while as well. I think it's just a poor decision. So, yeah, we're talking about uh, superstar wrestler selection and decision. And not only that, when you want to invest your money, $30, $40 into a figure, it better fucking look good. And in some of these instances, the face sculpts were god awful. God awful. Yeah, the face sculpts looked like shit. Um, the Nakamura's in all red. He's already... He already had too many figures out. He even had a Defining Moments figure out that was uncalled for. You know what I mean? And there's so many of his figures. They're like, all right, let's do an Ultimate Edition. All red. No one is going to want that anyway, especially in all red like that. Basically, just a throw... It seemed like it was just like a throwaway figure. Like, it was like... All right, this Ultimate Edition line, 
the warrior the warrior is pretty high priced right now i'd say he's like the number one figure i don't understand it you know you get i understand like the warrior okay cool rousey okay nakamura brett i'm like oh god but the balor and triple h i really liked i thought those looked great the brett is i mean the excuse me the Shawn michaels is questionable with those heads the brock lesnar i don't care about and you know the john cena and becky lynch are great figures same thing i think those would would have sold at retail um maybe not but it could be the price point the 30 bucks is just little too much for people to throw down especially if they're you know they want both of them or you know they're going to display them what what have you you know the $30 price point you don't really might be throwing people off a little bit but at the same time I, it was losing steam so looking ahead Charlotte looks great I have Charlotte in hand it's amazing I have the John Cena in hand it's amazing that Becky Lynch head, those Becky Lynch head scans are god awful Again, that was, I think the John Cena was like a turning point for that. And then the Charlotte is just, oh my God, amazing. Yeah, the Charlotte looks great. The Rock, same thing. Here we go again. I'm like, okay, all right, it's the Rock, okay. But I got to be honest, Well, the the next two series, even if the last one happens, is you have The Fiend. I'm like, okay, he's starting to get watered down a little bit. I'm seeing him at retail. I'm like, uh uh-oh. Ultimate edition for 30 bucks. Is the fiend going to sell? I have no freaking idea. If they keep it online, maybe. Um, people have been waiting for a Hollywood Hogan for so long. That's a heavy hitter. And if they do a last, let's just say a last call with Edge and Macho Man as the final series, I could see those being pretty good too, as well. You know, to, you know, especially Edge, Toyetic, Macho Man. I don't know. You know, I'm like, okay, another macho. I could still see that selling just because macho always sells. I think as long as that macho comes with his jacket, which is confirmed and his hat, his cowboy hat, which is supposedly confirmed as well, that that is going to move like. A yeah. Hurricane. So that might be the deathbed. The macho might seal the deal, close it out, give it, you know, hit, hit us with a last, uh, a last, uh, I don't know what the hell you would call that, but hit us with a macho, send it on its way. I could see the ultimate edition line ending with series, series eight, and then maybe like some of the other sets, you know, if you have all 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 eight series somewhere down the line, these will increase in price, you know. But uh, right now, you go down the line, it's hit or miss, man. With all the figures, it, it's not like a smooth ultimate edition down the road. It's hit or miss, crappy head scans, people you don't want. But I gotta say, looking forward. These four figures, or if you want to include Charlotte and The Rock, is uh, six. It's a pretty solid assortment. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. So you have eight prior, six coming out. I personally like to split them seven and seven. I think that John Cena is more the new wave for some reason. You know what I'm saying? That changing point of all this. And so I bridge him over to the new stuff. John Cena, Rock, Charlotte, Hogan, Fiend. Macho Edge, amazing figures. The the previous seven, Warrior Brett, Warrior Brett Finn Triple H, maybe Sean. I don't like the head scans on that figure though. So I don't know, Joe. Hey, Steve is con- this is Steve's baby. He's been he loves this line. 
I think that the price point's too high now. I don't know why it's increased. You're getting less with the figures, but you're getting better tooling. So they're becoming more accurate, but you're getting less with them. Like the Charlotte, it comes with another head scan in the, in the cloth robe. The Rock comes with another head scan and a few accessories here or there. I don't know. This could be the end of this line, bro. I think that's the truth, man. You know, will we even see an edge and a macho? I think we will see the edge and the macho. No problem. Those will be the those will be the last figures of 2021. And I don't think you see any more of these. They have to make a change here. Well, well, now that it's online, you know, you get ringside Amazon ringside for the next two. Definitely getting the Hollywood. But anyway, as long as they keep it online, it's not at retail. They're not really taking a, a gamble, especially with that price point in retail. I think that that might have did it in along with that Nakamura. It's uh, it's probably Series Eight. I could say is probably the last uh, last we'll see of it. Quite quite possibly. I don't know. It's it's really tough to say. You know, um, I Steve's very confident in his line. Again, it's his baby. If he can sell it at retail, he'll sell it at retail. I need a refresher. You know, you're going now into let's see, you're what is it, 2018 ish, right? to 2021 that's a four-year ultimate edition run that's good enough for me i don't like the packaging design i don't give a fuck about fucking figure photography okay i don't care about all this shit in the package i want my figures to look good i want them to have great packaging a, a packaging that's appealing that doesn't look like a fucking video game or military fucking target bullshit you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the GI. Jo- the GI Joe packaging is better than this fucking shit, and that is it, Joe. I think that's our position on the Ultimate Edition. I think that this line needs to go away. I mean, Joe, we haven't even got an Undertaker in this line. How fucking ridiculous is that? Undertaker would be a good idea, but even that, I'm like, oh my god, we're getting Undertaker every another, set. A- another. I know, I, but the, but that's what I'm saying though. Where's Roman Reigns? Where's a big, where are the big money guys in in this? You fucking Ronda Rousey. Are you kidding me? Come on now. Shinsuke Nakamura. Come on now. Oh my God. All right. Well, everybody, that is our position on the Mattel WWE Ultimate Edition line. And don't forget to check back next week for another edition of the Gorilla position. And welcome to the Oh My God Figure of the Week. This week, listeners, we have another 2020 edition of the Oh My God Figure of the Week. And we've been mentioning this figure on and off for our top 10 figures of 2020. It is a collector's edition figure. It goes probably beyond 2020 as one of the best wrestling figures ever made. It is the Mattel WWE Collector's Edition Superstar Billy Graham. 
Oh man, this the Joe. This is fire. This figure is fire. It's. Th- I'm holding it right now in my hand, well, just to have it out for the seg. And I, I, I'm telling you, it's it's great. Collector's edition, Billy Graham, Target exclusive. That's where you have to put this kind of character, especially for the newer generation. But anyway, holding the figure in the hand, in in hand, I love the color choices. I love how you get the uh, old school Billy Graham head with the '80s kind of manager Billy Graham head, but the tights. Well, I love that color combo on the tights and boots, man. Especially the boots. The color combination on this entire figure is a work of art. And how everything blends together with the boa to the tie-dyed shirt. Oh, wow. We actually got a tie-dyed shirt. Hmm. Well, we know about the Dude Love Gate or Dude Gate or whatever it was called on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. I guess if you got three of these figures, you could use one of the tie-dyed shirts. Or no, you can get you can get a Don Morocco figure now that has the same tie-dyed shirt for like $10 and use that for your dude love figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, you know, like that figure used to be like, oh, nobody's going to be able to get it. Da, 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 da. Now you can get them for like 15 bucks. But anyway, getting back to this figure, because this figure is great. Yeah, I agree with you. The tights are amazing. The boots, the pink boots are fantastic. This, the, again, the color choices, even the wrist tape on this figure that has that kind of bluish, you know, kind of aqua blue with the designs and the kind of the tie dyed look. And it's just incredible in both, both head sculpt scans, whatever the hell they are. I don't know on this figure. I'm assuming their, their sculpts are so lifelike. My gosh, even the beard on him is just like, it almost looks furry yeah it does i don't know which head i like more i think it does well the goatee definitely looks furry i like the sunglasses you know too it comes with i like the shade that they chose there with the brown but the old school billy graham head when he you know when he won the wwf title dude it's spot on looks fantastic man even the sideburns with the hair just they nailed the face on this sculpt Looking at the head on the, you know, the Billy Graham, you know, the 80s head looks fantastic too, man. The freaking goatee they nailed. The shirt, the boa, going back to the tights again, that color combo, man, the boots sealed the deal, I think, on this figure. And even the freaking wrist tape, you know, the wrist tape works perfectly with the figure. You put all this together, I would personally go, if I was displaying this loose, I'd go with the, uh, you know, the 1970s head, you know, the late 70s Billy Graham head with the sideburns. I would put that on the figure with the boa, maybe a custom title or, you know, an old school title here or there if you had one. It's an outstanding figure, man. Perfect for an exclusive, like I said before, and perfect for a collector's edition figure, especially with this kind of character, which honestly, I never thought we would get a Billy Graham figure, to be honest with you. It's one of those figures where if we were like, hey, could we get a Billy Graham one day? You'd be like, nah, probably not. We have one. Yeah, and I agree. Uh, they are going obscure with their collector's edition choices. I mean, you've seen it with Rocky Johnson. You've seen it with Mae Young. And this Billy Graham is another example of that. And it's not even 
that Billy Graham is such an obscure wrestling name because he isn't to all those 70s and 80s people out there. It's the fact that he's had so many problems with the WWE, WWF throughout throughout this time. So to have him under a Legends deal or to have them go independently and get him, you got to hand it to Mattel to, that they went and did this, you know, and you have to give your hats off to them everyone in marketing steve that was able to get this done because they really really knocked it out of the park this is an oh my god figure of the week joe i mean this is this is a top 10 figure of 2020 hands down i might you know get another one to display it loose i don't know i just want to kind of check it out you know see the figure in hand you know even though it's behind, you know in the package here but I have nothing to say bad about this figure. I think it's perfect for an oh my god figure of the of week, especially the 2020 version to come out this year. It's a great figure. Deco's great. Color choices are perfect. And like I mentioned, the both the two heads you get in the package, either one on display looks great. I would personally go with the old school one. And yeah, man, great figure. Oh my god figure of the week. Definitely. One last thing as you mentioned that, I do have a little gripe with Mattel. So now, like, I know Billy Graham from his 80s look and a bit more than I do from his 70s. But I agree with you. I do like the 70s sculpt. If they're going to do this with, like, Ravishing Rick Rude in his robes and stuff, and I know that was a dyed situation, blah, blah, blah. They need to do that with these alternate heads and these obscure figures. For mitten on card collectors, you need to have variant packs where... Some of them have the 70s head. Some of them have the 80s head. And now I can get two. Because like you just said, I would pick up two in a heartbeat if I could keep them in on car, keep them sealed, and have both heads on them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That I think that would, that would be perfect. Isn't that a good idea? You know, have Mattel pack this with an 80s head, have it pack it in an alternate with the alternate head, the 70s head, and then that's you do a run with the 80s, you do a run with the 70s, and now it gives the option for mint on color collectors to have both in their collection. I think that's perfect, and especially with those options. It's a great alternative, you know. I could see that, you know, being a gripe. I would definitely go with that, Will. Yeah, because look, it's just a gripe I have, and it's just, again, not paying attention to us mint on car collectors. They pay attention to the figure photographers out there. So what about me? Why do I have to open this up to get what I want? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, even as a mint on car collector, Joe, we could get two, keep one sealed in the 80s look, get another one, take it out, swap the heads, put it back in and close it up. And you have that. But I still have to open it up and I don't want to open it up because I'm picky. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, I am. So there you go, Mattel. There's a little hint for you. Do a running change. It'll make us hashtag MOC collectors, hashtag MOC for life collectors. Very happy. But these are all the reasons why this Mattel WWE Collector's Edition Superstar Billy Graham is an oh my God figure of the week.
welcome to The Missing Link. And as you heard in the music, you deserve it. The listeners deserve it. The wrestling figure collectors deserve these figures. And we want to make sure that we fill in these missing links. So this is fun, Joe. This is a really fun segment. Last week, you wanted a two-pack of Doom, or maybe a two-in-one of Doom, as I suggested. I want a Doom. I just want a Doom in my wrestling figure collection, other than the one from WCW era, Galoob WCW era. I want Mega Powers in my wrestling figure collection. So this week, I got it this week. And I'm actually going to go back to the era that you went back to with your selection last week of Doom from WCW. And I don't know what it is with tag teams. I love tag team wrestling. And we don't get a lot of good tag team wrestling anymore from the WWE. But this tag team is definitely one that I've wanted for such a long time. Man, you know what I want to do for our listeners, show? I want to play a little Bad Street USA. Freebirds. I want the WCW Freebirds, Michael P.S. Hayes, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, the fabulous Freebirds shaking their fucking hips at the top of the rope, dancing to the ring. Ugh, that's what I want. And that's where you're going with a two pack. You know what? I don't care. I just want P.S. Hayes. I want them decked out. I want, you know what? A two pack. A singles release of both. I don't care how the hell you give them to me. I want you to give them to me. Okay? And I want them exactly in the Galoob WCW attires. Don't have to change anything about it other than giving me the entrance gear. Right? I want the entrance gear. I want the robes. Gotta have the robes. Gotta have the sunglasses. Okay? Gotta have the sunglasses. And I want them, though, I want them in the face paint. I want them in the black tights with the pink and the blues and the yellows. I wa- oh, my God, baby. That is what I want. I need the fabulous Freebirds in my life. You want to be the fabulous Freebirds for Halloween? You know what we'll do? Here's what we'll do. We will, we will go to Pandora's. I'll get extra bloated, not shave. Dude, all I have to do 
is drink a bunch of beer the night before and I'll I'll look just like Michael Pierce. <laughs> I mean I mean I I mean I'm basically the same build type as him. So you could be you could be the gorgeous one. I'll and be Jimmy Jam. You're gonna be Jimmy Jam. And you know what we'll do? We're gonna go. There's going to be a signing, listeners. And the on the collector's corner, we will be announcing a signing at Pandora's box in New Jersey. They're going to have some wrestlers there. They have a big signing right before Halloween at the end of the month, right? Two of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. One of the greatest tag teams of all time. Here comes the ass. Here comes the smaster. That's a little preview. So listen to the Collector's Corner coming up next on the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. And you know what Joe and I are going to do? We're going to dress up as the Freebirds, baby. (laughs) I got an idea. There's a bonded shop, adult shop on Route 46. Get some real bondage stuff to wear. Paint our faces. We'll have Eric hit the music when we come in. We'll come in. And we'll start throwing some. We'll start throwing some fucking shots at Axe and Smash when we walk in. We can't. We can't be doing that. We got to be the Freebirds. And I'll be throwing the shots up because I think they're like six foot five each or six. Oh foot four. God! <laughs> so they'll be messing with my five foot five frame. I think it'll be a good time. You haven't seen these guys, man. So I was at Radio, I was at eighties uh, wrestling con. That fucking dead con pre pre pandemic, and they were there. No, this was the one that they actually had some good signings. So this was their first one with the Million Dollar Man and everything like that. That was a really, really good one. I think you were there. Were you at the first one? No, I didn't attend any of them for some reason. I saw them there. They are big fucking dudes, bro. I'm going to tell you, they're monsters. I, you know, I... Yeah, they look big. Anyway, we don't want to spoil the surprise, even though we did. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, for the collector's <laughs> corner. Next segment. That would be my pick in this week's edition of The Missing Link would be the Fabulous Freebirds. Even if I just get a Michael P.S. Hayes, I'd be super happy with that. There are rumors we are going to get him. And I've been preaching this. I preached this pre-SDCC that it's we are due for a Michael Hayes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the rumor is going around out there that in 2021 we're gonna get we're gonna get Michael. So I'm happy. I hope again we get him done right. Is it uh... I mean, they could do Michael Hayes. I can't imagine they could do that a couple of ways. I'm, I'm assuming we're getting a good Michael Hayes. Joe, who the f- who the fuck knows? I mean, yeah, you could you could do Doc Hendricks. You could do Michael Hayes. Oh you my could, god, no! Yeah, so you could do Doc Hendricks. You could do Michael P.S. Hayes. You could just do him with his bad street shirt. You could do him with the Freebirds gear. I mean, the the possibilities are really endless, but. I really hope they give us a Freebirds version decked out in the paint and the in the lavish robe and, and whatnot. I, I don't know. We'll see. Only time will tell. And who knows? This is just a rumor. So you know how figures go. Sometimes they come, sometimes they go. And I guess we'll see. Yep. So Joe, what's your pick on this week's Missing Link? My pick this week, a little updated. I don't know if it's going to be in any of the future series coming out for All Elite Wrestling. I've been a fan since the beginning. I want the Dark Order figure form. I'm probably the only person that would vote for that. But this week, Will, I'm going with Eva Luna, Stu Grayson. Give me those two. Dark Order. That's my pick. 
Pizzeria Uno, baby. Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers. Pizzeria Uno in the house. Jim Cornette style. Give me Uno. He's actually lost a lot of weight. Dude, I, Cornette's always on his case. Cornette's always on the Dark Order case. And guess what? I 75% or 80% of everything that Jim Cornette says is pretty good. This instance is is not. I think he's very, very off base with the Dark Order. I agree with you. I think Uno and Grayson have been great as a tag team in the ring. They've been adhering to the rules. Uno sells. You know, I don't know how believable it is, but he's been selling very well in the ring. So, yes, I would absolutely love to see Dark Order figures of both of them. And really, Uno is the Dark Order. Right. I mean, he is the first one you saw when A.W. started about a year ago. He was prior to, you know, Brody Lee coming in. He was really the face of the Dark Order, the mouthpiece of the Dark Order. So I think he's a really underrated wrestler, really underrated entertainer. And I would absolutely love to see figures of these two guys. Absolutely. Insta buy. Yeah, man. Same here. I, I, you know, we, I don't know, it was a couple of weeks back, but a couple of months back, maybe we got like a series three through like a series nine might be all bullshit for AEW figures coming out. You remember that? Yeah, I think I saw something like that. Yeah, there was a ton of names in there. Just all might be all bullshit. Yeah, no women's names for some odd reason. But uh, anyway, the Dark Order wasn't on there. So I'm like, what the hell? So I hope that's not the case. Um, I feel like you know, these, you know, this, uh, the Dark Order in general, I feel like, you know, it's it's a great piece of all elite wrestling. You know, I, I guess, it, you know, with um, Brody Lee coming in, he kind of changed the way it feels a little bit as far as the Dark Order. You know, I'm not, I'm kind of fucking confused as to what the hell he's doing every time. But um, besides that, I would like uh, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, Dark Order, all elite wrestling figures. I think those would be awesome, especially the, Evil Una. And this is an instance where you could have a two-pack. I don't know if Jazz Wears Wicked Cool Toys is going to go in that direction yet, but if there's any instance of this, it would be great to see them in a two-pack. I think they should in some of these tag teams. I would love to see tag team two-packs because what is all elite wrestling about? They're about their tag teams. So why are you releasing signals of these guys? You know what I'm saying? Give me some tag teams. Give me an exclusive tag team. You know, give me a. Well, we don't need any more Lucha Brothers figures for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got you got a uh, updated uh, FTR. You know, the revival. I, yeah, I don't think the Mattel ones were that great. You know, they were good. You know, I mean, I think I got the. I don't actually never got the elites, the elite versions of the revival. What was that? The takeover. Yeah, I believe so. They with the tag, they were no, they were singles in the uh, one of what was it? One of those exclusive waves to uh, Target. Sorry, exclusive. Yes, the, Target. Uh, they're exclusive to the NXT Takeover. Yeah, they're exclusive there. And then they had that battle pack. Yeah, they had the battle pack with uh, that came out with the Sean and Brett battle pack. Those single, the single versions of those on the Takeover boxes, those are hard to find. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. And they came with tag titles, the NXT tag titles there as well. Yeah. Hey, look at it this way. Yes, new FTR figures would be fantastic. Maybe put them in a two-pack. I think the possibilities are really endless with the Jazzwares line, but they have to be really 
I think I don't want to say they have to be conservative, but they can't be very, very liberal with this stuff. You know, they can't be just giving us everything. Like, I don't want a, I don't want a mom van. I'm sorry, guys. I, you know, like, I'm not gonna buy that shit. I'm not gonna buy oh, a, I know, a minivan. Man. You know, I'm not gonna buy stupid shit like that. I mean, if it made sense in certain respects, I would. Like, maybe a golf cart makes sense. You know what I'm saying? With Matt Hardy and all this stuff and Sammy, there are certain things that you can do that make sense. But like big items like that, I don't want it. I know. I, I don't know who the hell would want that, honestly. Just it's the all elite wrestling, uh, you know, hardcores. Exactly. Look at the broader audience in this in this whole situation. Nobody's I'm not just gonna fucking buy a minivan. Anyway. I digress. <laughs> yeah, so that's my that's my pick, man. Dark Order. Great pick. Great pick, Joe. Love that pick for a new new release. I you know me, I'm old school. You know, I I like going back to the old school. I'm just not as we mentioned thoroughly throughout this podcast and even as we get into the collector's corner our next segment. You know, it's just modern wrestling is just so uh and it's getting better. I'm not saying we had a couple good events. We had some good pay-per-views from the WWE. We have some good storylines brewing. Let's see where they take them now. You know, that's my pitch. My, that's my take on it. Does it make sense? Where are they going to take them? And we'll go from there. And as far as AEW is concerned, I mean, same thing. You know, I think there's some good storylines brewing and we'll see where it goes. You know, I, I just would like a little more selling. I'd like a little more professional wrestling, you know, not these spot fests. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That's it. That's all I need from both storylines and actual professional wrestling. So anyway, that is it. That is this week's picks on the missing link. And welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Collector's Corner. Very excited to bring in another collector for this week. And Joe, wow, last week we had Good Brother Mike. It was a really great interview. We learned a little bit about how he got into collecting. We're going to remind our listeners to participate in the Good Brother Mike giveaway that starts this Saturday, the day the podcast drops. The password is GBM. And now, though, we have a very special guest. He's a friend of yours and I, a big-time toy collector and vintage toy shop owner, Eric. Thanks so much for being on the podcast with us, Eric. I know Joe probably has a little bit to say as well. Yeah, same here, Eric. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we look forward to you know doing this segment with you. And uh, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I own Pandora's Box. We're located at 191 Route 15 in Lafayette, New Jersey, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but we are only about an hour outside of the city. We're open uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, just search Pandora's Box, New Jersey. Awesome, Eric. Yeah, that's wonderful. And let me tell you one thing, Joe. We've been going to this shop for a while now. They just got into their new location. You were fortunate to go to a wrestling autograph signing, Doink the Clown, as our listeners know, in Val Venus a few weeks back. And then last week, I actually stopped into the shop because my friend got this 
really awesome Pee Wee Herman doll he wanted for a very long time. And, you know, there's the Matchbox talking Pee Wee Herman and they had it. So they got a lot of stuff in this shop, Joe. I know you love it. I love it. Yeah, it's probably in New Jersey. I'd say it's probably the best vintage toy shop. If you're in the area, if you're visiting New Jersey, if you live in New Jersey, you got to check out Pandora's Box. I mean, the amount of stuff they have there, I mean, you name it, they have it. And if you're looking for wrestling figures, they have some of the rarest stuff I've seen. And yeah, it's just a great shop, man. Great place to visit. Eric and DJ are awesome guys, and they're always fun to talk to, chat with. So it's got that homey environment where a lot of these shops you go in and the guys are looking at the floor. They don't want to talk to you. You know, it's kind of just a sale thing. I think what separates... Pandora's box is Eric and DJ are very friendly and you almost, you, you become friends, you know, with them, which is fun. It's a great place to be. And, uh, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. I think one of the things that set us apart from, cause there's, there seems to be a lot of these kind of fly by night shops that are trying to pop up all over the tri-state area. Me and DJ have been doing this for five years now together. And this is our third location. It's our biggest spot. We have a 6,000 square foot warehouse now. We really have the advantages that a lot of these places don't really have just because we're such psychos about having as much stuff as we possibly can. It's really going to benefit you, the shopper, because when you come in, we want to challenge you to try to name something that we don't have. You know, like that's, I feel like one of the things that makes you feel good as a shop owner is somebody comes in and they're like, yeah, you know what? Like, what were those things that you would like pull the string and it would, you know, go flying, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, Skydancers? It's like, yeah, oh, we have one right over here. You know, like that day I was in the shop and I was just hanging out behind the counter. I mean, there are people come in with so many different questions, this, that, and you guys answer the questions so quick, you know, where everything is. And I think that's why a lot of the customers continue to come back. You know, they like talking to you guys you guys are never stumped. You know, you always know what they're talking about, whether it be video games, action figures. I mean, the people just know it's a great place to go if they're looking for vintage stuff. Yeah. It's a great feeling to be able to kind of validate someone's desire to know something that they had when they were a kid and they couldn't quite place it. Or, you know, they come in and they want to be reunited with something. It's so deflating to be like, nah, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have that or I've never seen that. It's probably the most gratifying part of, besides playing with toys all day as a career, it's the most gratifying thing that you can really do is to fill that void that someone has when they walk in. And it's like, oh, you know what? I, I really want a, a vintage Storm Shadow, you know, or like with Joe, like comes in. I was like, I need a carded Muckman. Like, yeah, dude, got one. <laughs> Joe's like, I want a carded Muckman. I'm like, where the hell are the dino saucers? And you got to fly over to Brazil to get one of them for me. <laughs> I actually, I actually have a dino saucer. My first one I picked up a couple weeks ago from a, a buddy that lives down in Texas. Amazing. Beautiful figures. He's not complete, but you know what? They're so hard to find that like you kind of got to take what you can get with those. And it's Genghis Rex, so you know, it's a bad guy, so you can't. Oh yeah, he's got that beautiful red color. I mean, he just he just looks like a badass. I love that figure. Even like the other day when I stopped in, you know, for the signing the Muckman, you had the uh the AWA steel cage. All-star ring just laying there on the floor in the box. I'm like, what the hell? But that's what I mean. You're like, what the fuck? When you walk in 
and you're just like, oh God, here we go. You know, and that I feel like that feeling is <laughs> happens every time, you know? Oh, it does. Uh, Joe, I was in there with my friend and my friend's kicking me out because he's got, you know, this is a Sunday afternoon. He's got a kid. I'm staying in there for an hour and a half, two hours. I could stay there for another hour, you know, just looking around, trying to work out deals, trying to find stuff. With that said, though, Eric, tell our listeners a little bit about your collecting experience and how all these shops came to fruition. How did you find a partner and kind of how did all this come about? A lot of it really had to do with with DJ. DJ, I'm sure if you've been to the shop, you know who he is. He's my partner. We've been friends since we were like nine. We grew up playing with all of these toys together, which is kind of funny, you know, to fast forward, you know, 28 years later and we're both working together, playing with the same toys that we, you know, had as kids. DJ's family growing up owned an antique store down in Wayne, New Jersey. So DJ grew up in this kind of lifestyle almost where you were, you know, seeing new things every day. You had to kind of know a lot about old stuff. His mom is really like a wealth of knowledge in that arena as well. We had, you know, lost touch like you normally do with people when you graduate high school and or you, you're in different cliques and then you both you go to different schools or whatever you know i'm sure you have tons of friends that you were tight with that you just for no real reason just kind of dissipates you know so i had reconnected i think uh, we had reconnected on facebook maybe like six years ago seven years ago something like that and i noticed that he was doing a lot of like toy shows and I didn't really think anything of it. I'm just like, oh, you know, that's that's really cool. I had my own social media business at the time. I wasn't even thinking about toys, really. You know, I played video games. That was still a big part of my life that I've never really gotten away from. But the toy thing was me going to DJ's house and pretty much walking in and seeing, like, all of the shit that he had. And it was like, holy fuck. And I think I bought a Casey Jones from him that day. And I came home and I put it in my office on a shelf and every day when i was in there working on my laptop you know doing like my social media stuff or whatever i would look at it and you know after a while i was like man you know i should just get the turtles too you know like i, I can't have cases like you know i had all of them growing up so i can't just leave them there by himself i gotta get all the turtles and it just fucking snowballed from there and it went from the turtles to the transformers to gi joe to Food Fighters, to Mad Balls, to whatever. I started collecting carded popples today, because why not? <laughs> it's funny, those random-ass roads you start going down once you start collecting. It's like a black hole. Once you jump in, it's over. It's like, so you hit at this glut in your specialized area. There's this roadblock. Like with wrestling figures right now, like currently there's nothing really coming out that I want. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, okay, now I got to go to my backups, right? Star Wars. G.I. Joe, Power Rangers for Joe. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when your backups are done and you're all caught up, you're like, let me hit the retro bandwagon. Right. But you're like, oh my God, I got everything I need. So I got to get then Tyco Pocket Power. I just have to have that skeleton guy I had when I was like three years old. Fuck yeah. It's just the general nature of things, you know? Yeah, you start going down, you start going down that road, man. And, and and you know what? At the same time, you know, even if it gets a little out of control, it's just so much fun, you know? The nostalgia alone, man. You know, Will, how big we are about nostalgia on this show, man. And going down those old toy lines or going from line to line, and then you remember a figure that you forgot about, and you just keep going more and more, and it's just a lot of fun, man. Let me tell you something, and I and I say this to a lot of people when people you know ask me because you know I get 
questioned all the time at the toys, you know, the store. It's like, well, what do you collect? I can only imagine what your collection looks like. And it's like, I really don't collect that many different lines. I just kind of collect either things that I didn't have as a kid that I always wanted or stuff that I had that had a very big impact on me. But I always tell people that I think one of the most powerful things that can ever happen to a person is you play with a toy when you're like five or six or whatever, you know, like you have a toy in your hand, you're playing with it or whatever, right? You have that memory then gets created deep inside your your cerebellum, like, you know, it goes way, way back in there. And then you forget about it. And then 35 years later, it's like you pick up that same figure and out of that fucking black hole in your brain, that image will come back out and you'll be like, holy fuck, I had this when I was a kid. What's crazy is if you never picked that figure up, that memory would have never come out of there. It's so crazy that that can lay dormant inside your brain for so long. And all it takes is a little piece of plastic to like bring all of those feelings and that imagery to the surface. What I love about that, too, is it brings you back. It brings you back to that moment in time where you were, who you were with. You know, a lot of the times I was with my family, my dad, my mom, you know, uh, you know, my mom and my parents are big into, you know, my collecting my whole life. So it brings you back to a time, you know, it brings you back to where you were. It's just a great feeling, man. But yeah, you're right. You know, it, it's funny how you don't think of these things, but then when you see it, you remember that. And it was there. It was there that whole time. Yep. Question I have for you, Eric. This weekend, I brought my nephew. I call him my nephew. He's my friend's boy. And mm-hmm. bring him into the shop. He's very overwhelmed. And we, Joe and I, and a lot of our guests on this podcast always have this conversation. You know, kids these days, I don't want to sound like an old curmudgeon or like an old grandpa. Oh, back in our day, we did things differently and blah, blah, blah. And it's better. But kids these days, they have those experiences, but in different ways. Right. So, how do you feel or do you see toy collecting changing? I think a certain amount of children will have that same experience. They'll pick up, like you said, a SpongeBob when they're young. But now, 10 years later, they'll come into your shop. Do you have it? And you're like, what? You know, like, why SpongeBob? You know, and all these things. What do you think as a whole, as far as children these days? Do you think they're actively playing with toys? Do you think toys that are made today are toys for children? What is your kind of perspective on this situation? My outlook on it is very sad and gloomy one. I don't really see toys keeping their nostalgic impact the way that they did for us. You know, I think we were, you know, there were one generation ahead of us or after us, I believe, that still kind of got into that nostalgia train of having all these tangible items that they can reconnect with. The generations now, the kids that are born post two thousand. 10, you try to think it's like, all right, well, I'm going down the Walmart toy aisle and it's like, what is a 10 year old kid going to be playing with today? Jurassic Park. Like I see some pretty nice Jurassic Park stuff that's out currently. There's no real GI Joes. They just redid the classifieds and the retro line, but that just came out. Yeah. More collector oriented as well for older audience. They're feeding the machine of of us. That's what they're really kind of going after. They're not putting any effort into like the newer stuff. And I notice a lot of kids that like all they care about is playing Minecraft still or Roblox on their their phone. And like 
is that going to be the thing? Like, do I have to start saving old cell phones so that kids can fucking play Roblox in like 30 years? Yeah, no, I know as a shop owner, it really impacts your business strategy, you know? It was like I was saying before, it's like the stock market, you know? I'm buying Incredibles figures and Shrek and like shit that I would have kicked into the dumpster five years ago because I'm speculatively trying to be prepared for when that next generation comes in and they're like, hey, I want the toys I had when I was a kid. And it's going to be like, well, I don't fucking know what you had. So here's just a bunch of random shit that I was hoarding that hopefully, you know. It's hard to guess that stuff too, I know. It's a lot different than when we were kids, that's for sure. Well, there were only like, you know, maybe 20 major players when we were kids. And every line was great. That was the thing. Like, you could not pick a bad toy line. No, even the forgotten lines, you're like, wow, those were pretty sick. Yeah, name any mid to late 80s, early 90s toy line, and they're all fucking great. Every single one of them. And what we usually talk about too here is that there was a lot of reinforcement. Whether you saw the toys first and then the cartoon or the cartoon first and then the toys, you had reinforcements. So then again, you create these moments, not only it's like, okay, I'll buy this, I'll take it, I'll take it home, I'll play with it. And then you have these memories and everything is created and then this nostalgia is developed. And yeah, this day is just like, ooh, that is missing. Yeah, because TV is absolute garbage. Unless it's a recycled reboot of something that was already done like five times, the thought process or like just the amount of imagination that goes into stuff is garbage. Like if you look at those lines like we were talking about and you look at the fucking cartoons, they were mind blowing. You look at Dino Saucers, Dino Riders, Mask, Transformers, like you just couldn't couldn't go wrong. Like any anything that you were watching was incredible. Even like shit that didn't even get like tons of toys like Muppet Babies and Fraggle Rock, which is like live action puppetry. They were so great because the story was so incredible. Nowadays, you don't have any kind of like backstory with with anything. It's just like, oh, here's a fucking pig. Here's Peppa Pig. He's a pig. Oh, great. Wow. What genius thought that up? You know, I give SpongeBob a lot of credit because that was kind of a very groundbreaking type cartoon for that era. And that's why I think he's going to be He's going to be our generation's He-Man, I bet you, because that's what kids are going to remember most from when they were little. It was like, holy shit, I love SpongeBob. Oh my God, it was so great. I watch SpongeBob every day on Nickelodeon. That is going to be their icon, pretty much. Mark my word. You know what I always um, found weird, but they never kind of kicked back is those Simpsons figures. I always thought those sets were so sick. It's the same thing with Family Guy. But for some for some reason, they just never, uh, the Simpsons maybe a little bit, but they just never kind of kicked back, you know? Well, see here, that's what I mean. Like Family Guy will definitely be in that running with like kids that were like cartoons that they were watching when they were kids. But Family Guy never really got a, a good like action figure line. They got a ton of merch, but not really action figures, you know? And the same thing with, I think like South Park is going to be really big too. I mean, South Park toys are already super expensive. So you give them another 10 years when all like the, I don't know, Gen, Gen Z's or Gen X's, well, I don't even know what the, the terminology is. When they were watching South Park, when they were like little, I mean, I was watching when I was a teenager, so it's probably not that far away, but I don't know. It's weird. You just, that's what I'm saying. Like there's, there weren't as many of these, like, as I would call them, like icons for the time for kids to latch onto. We had to just take your pick, man. Like just point your finger and throw dart in the wind and it, you hit you know, a home run cartoon or show, like it didn't matter. It's much different now for kids. 
We were talking about this and George was the same way, you know, so I bring George in and he's looking around. I'm like, you could basically have anything. And he picks like, you know, just a transformer because he knows them. And then right to the video game section, you know, like you said, right to the video game section. And I want Pokemon and Pikachu and Super Mario and all this stuff. You were talking about storylines, right? There's not a lot of stories. There's not a lot. We're talking about a lot of, you know, reinforcement with kids these days. We were talking about this before the podcast started. Now, stories as far as wrestling is concerned, you stopped actually watching and collecting wrestling in the 2000s as I did because, again, the story was bad, right? It was predictable. It wasn't fun. It was all recycled. In turn, I thought the entertainment was bad, so I stopped watching. Now, I started watching again, but it hasn't changed. It's still just as bad. And a lot of people actually make the argument that's because of the short attention span of society today. Like you said, someone will come in, they don't care, they buy it, boom, they want it, they buy it, they buy it now, and then they could sell it next month. And even they could sell it for less and they don't even care. We talked a little bit strategically about how you then work those strategies in. You're hoarding, you're trying to find the new lines. But like in something like wrestling, where the people's attention span is very small, very short, the stories are not that good. Is there any strategy to buying wrestling right now or anything like that? Because you said to us also prior to this, you just bought a mega lot. So I mean, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we bought a really big Mattel Elite collection today. A lot of older Elite stuff, 2011 and 2000, in between 2011, 2014, 15, right, Joe? Is that what you would say is kind of that era there? Yeah, even uh, 15, it's pretty much 2010 to till till now. You know, it's, it's a lot of mix-ins there, I'd say, to 2018 almost. Okay, well, yeah, see, that shows how much I know. Like, I know modern retro, you know, modern vintage guys, but it's tough for me because the only way that you're going to actually learn a line, you know, is to kind of engross yourself in the material. And I can't, I can't watch new wrestling to me is just so bad and there's like some nice i want to say personalities that i've seen with some of the guys that like you know when i watch clips and and stuff you know what culture has a really great wrestling area youtube yeah youtube channel yeah yeah they'll they'll give the go over so they're really good and it's tough man you know like i've seen little sparks of energy at a at a guys who did i really like was it seth rollins i think it was seth rollins then there's guys like, you know, are just monsters, but like no mic skills. I don't know, man. It's just so hard for me. Especially uh, the era, you know, we grew up in, you know, larger than life personalities, you know, the guys that we love, especially like like the lines you love, Eric, you know, LJN, Hasbro. Those are two of the arguably the best figure lines because they always bring you back. But those personalities, man, you know, they're they're once in a lifetime personalities, gimmicks, you know, th- these guys really run with it. And even the lot you got today, the wrestling lot you got, I'd say, you know, majority of the guys you purchased here. Yeah, the lot that I had gotten today, we had bought over, uh, I think it was like 200 loose elites and legends. And then, you know, maybe like 40 or 50 box ones. You know, I knew a couple of like, you know, the ringside exclusives, I, you know, I knew I had seen that macho before somewhere. I just couldn't recall exactly like how much it was worth when we were buying everything. But yeah, when it comes to like the newer loose stuff, it's like, oh, great. These are a lot of, you know, retro moderns. So I know who they are, but 
I don't know. Like for that example, there was that build a figure of what's his name? Oh, the Teddy Long. Teddy Long. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like I remember him vaguely, but, and I was trying to think too. I'm like, where do I know this guy from? Like, is it WCW? Was he in WCW for a little bit? And then it's like, wait a minute. Then I remember that somebody was like the commissioner for a while. I don't know who the hell this guy is then, but it makes it harder for me when I'm going through everything. It's all repetition now at this point, because I'm not going to go watch the storylines of them to like actually know who they are from like wrestling. It's just going to be from me seeing that figure so often that I now know who it is, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, a comment I'm going to make right now is less collecting and more professional wrestling oriented, but you are the demographic that the WWE cannot get back and they've tried to do it. You know, during the attitude era, their weekly raw ratings, SmackDown ratings Four, five, six million viewers. And for every reason that you just mentioned, that's why they can't get over the hump again. Because the diehards have stayed and everybody else like yourself that was interested in the stories and got really invested in them and liked the characters and what they represented have never come back because they're just not interested in it because it's that watered down and not as good. So that's kind of interesting that you said that. I just wanted to point that out from a professional wrestling perspective. From a collector's perspective, when people come in the shop and they do have these more recent collections, let's say, again, from 2010 to 2020, the Mattel era, are they just getting rid because they lost interest or is it because of financial? I mean, it's probably a myriad of reasons, but like for this instance, what happened? Why did the guy sell off the collection? There's a lot of instances where I don't really dive too deep unless they're talking about it. And then we kind of like get into it, you know, because just be personal reasons. You don't want to, you know, if it's like, Oh shit, like, you know, you're out of money and you got to sell your whole collection. Like people don't like to talk about that, you know, sometimes, but I will throw some feelers out to say, you know, Hey, are you moving on to another line? Are you, you know, getting out of collecting? Like what's, what's going on? You know, why, Because it's when these people walk in where they have like eight tubs of shit. Yeah. And it's like, what could they possibly have more of too, for your perspective, right? I mean, like you got to get some info because you want to potentially trade with them or, but you know, whatever, buy, sell off and on. Yeah. So we just kind of make sure that we aren't, you know, overstepping our, our boundaries with them. And, you know, we just kind of say, you know, Hey, first question normally is, was this all your stuff? Cause maybe it's a relatives that passed away and it's not even theirs. That's what I mean. Like you do have to throw a little bit of feelers out there, but you can't overstep. So the guy the, today with the big uh, elite collection, he was just downsizing. He was collecting since they came out in 2010, and he has you know shelves and stuff full of, of things. And his, I guess, turning the room into something else, maybe a home office or something. I forget what he had said, but yeah, it's just gotten tired of it, I guess, and wanted to move on to something different. So there's no harm in that. No harm, no foul, I always say. And uh, we support people's decisions to do whatever makes them happy. And if they're cool with selling their entire collection, then we're more than happy to buy it and try to find another good home for it. Yeah, for sure. The purchase you made today has a lot of great pieces, man. You know, I'm looking over the picture again. There's a lot of great figures here. When will they be a Available to your customers now. How long does that process usually take? If you have something hot, like even Joe said, I mean, there's a lot of great figures here. You want to get them on the shelves. You want to get them priced out. How long does that process usually take for you all? You know, anywhere from, it really depends how backlogged we are. We had bought a huge horror collection like two days ago. 
Then we had gotten another wrestling collection the day prior that I had shown uh, Joe some pictures of. And then another big collection came in today. So we now have three collections that need to be sorted, priced, find somewhere for them in the store to go. Loose figures are tougher because, you know, like you got to find all the little accessories in the bins and bag them and make sure that you're looking up the right figure. Like before I was looking up, what was that? Like the suicide brigade or something like that, where he had like a bodyguard kind of guy that. Oh, um, what's it called? CM Punk, the straight edge society. Yes. That figure. So like loose, I think that figure is like $175. He's got like the towel that goes on his head and he's got the mask on. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the ringside exclusive. Yeah. There's shit like that in there that can't rush you have to like make sure that you're you know because it's the difference between putting 25 dollars on a figure and granted i'm sure everybody wants to get a 175 dollar figure for 20 dollars, but we have to try to make sure that we educate ourselves you know i don't mind giving somebody a deal but <laughs> not that crazy <laughs> <laughs> even looking at the loose spin eric i mean there's some great figures in here you know you got that legend steamboat you got the pillman that legend steamboat is a sick figure dude wow there was the legend one in there too with the little alligator. He's got the little gator with him with the, with the robe. You even have the, that, that defining moments John Cena that's going up in value. There's a lot of great figures in here. Yeah. So, and that's only one layer that you can see on the top there. There's like seven layers of them in that tub. So, r- real quick, you know, I always like to ask, I always like to ask this question. I mean, if we had to say like a top, let's just say top five, what are your favorite wrestling figures that come to, come to mind as soon as you think of wrestling figures? Your favorite ones to have, whether it be Hasbro oh or JN. So what are the first five that, that pop in your mind? Like, so if I had no wrestling figure collection and I wanted five figures, what would I get? More like if you had to sell all your wrestling figures and you had to keep five. Okay. Shit. All right. So, okay. So I'm going to say blue card, purple trunks, and shorts razor is number one. Uh, and that might not seem like anyone like a crazy thing. I just had such an affinity for Scott Hall when I was a kid. He was my guy. And oh man, and then Warrior. So I'm gonna say like what series three? Like Warrior, blue card, purple trunks. Then the black box series of like the ten inch figures. Unmatch unmatched Fury. Fury Hogan. Yellow Shirt Hogan. Yeah, that, that that's a good one. Dude, that's such a sick figure. Because he's mid-shirt rip, you know, like... Yeah, he's got also... It's a really obscure Hogan shirt. It does say Hulk Hogan, I believe, on it, but it has, like, the American flag yes, motif. Correct. Which is awesome, and I absolutely love that figure as well. When they originally released those, Jack Specific, mm-hmm. I think I was in Walmart, and I saw the thing, and I'm just like, wow, the detail on this is just incredible. It blew my mind away. Yeah, just an incredible figure. Oh, man. Yeah, two more. I'm going to go with like the, now I don't really have a lot of love for Jack specific, but the classic superstars line, see, and I'm not like picking expensive figures, but I'm going to say Goldberg from the classic superstars line. Oh my God. All right. All right. right. One more. I'm going to say the toy biz, the history of sting four pack. Nice. Oh. Oh man. Underrated as hell. That is a great Great box set, dude. Do you have an extra at the shop you're willing to sell? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Sorry, man. Uh, I'd like to have another one. That's why I like asking stuff like that, because that was an unusual top five right there. And it's fun, man. It's like I I like to hear that stuff. So it's not like, oh, super rare, this, that, or whatever. Like for me, it's literally like my favorite wrestlers when I was a kid. 
and like what figures to me like do they look the best in i got that goldberg that was like the newest figure i ever bought was i got that ringside exclusive the bret hart and goldberg two-pack because it was just like you can't go wrong man goldberg was a fucking animal when he came out and that was kind of on my downward spiral of out of wrestling you know but man what a good character he was and the storyline behind him and he was just a badass Going back, I'm not a huge Goldberg fan. You know, some of the figures I like. When I was younger, I definitely was like, oh man, Goldberg, you know, you, you tune in. You know, I remember when he, you know, the streak, when he beat Raven for the US title, when he, the ratings, the people were going absolutely apeshit when he beat Hogan for the heavyweight title. So those things always stick out in my mind. But dude, I honestly like hate Goldberg. So I, 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 I yeah, man, I, I just can't, uh, I don't know. He's just, you know, looking back on it, he's just a terrible fucking wrestler, man. He's just, you know, there's like a whole page dedicated to him botching the matches. Okay, here's the deal. Goldberg, yes, terrible wrestler. It's persona, though. And if you want to argue with me about it, then I will also bring up the fact that Ultimate Warrior was also a garbage wrestler. Hulk Hogan was also a garbage wrestler. Kevin Nash was also a garbage wrestler. There are tons of guys that made a career just on their mic skills alone and what they were able to do inside and outside of the ring that gave off that perception that they were worthy of being that big of a star. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with you on that. Hogan, Warrior, Nash, yeah, I can see that. Goldberg's definitely, you know, I'd say etched his name in, in time there. But yeah, I don't know. I Just looking back on it, I could still watch some Goldberg matches, but I'm not, you know, I was never a big Goldberg guy. But I, I, can, I can appreciate the figures here and there. Now they're just pumping them out, you know, with the same fucking gear over and over again. I know, I know. And that's what I hate about it. That's what it seems to be. It's a oh, just a rehash of everything. But it's all right, man. You can hate them. It's cool. Like you said, the story, right? It's all about the undefeated streak. It's all about him getting to the top of the mountain, right? And I think it's basically an Ultimate Warrior storyline. And it's the last kind of storyline we had where it was champion. I mean, they do champion versus champion today and whatnot, but for a long build like the Warrior or like Goldberg's run, not so much. And and like you said, it's the mystique. It's the, the persona. It was just like the Warrior shit, you know? Like, he was great. He'd run down fucking 80 miles an hour, shake the ropes, beat the shit out of somebody in like 10 seconds, and then just run out of the fucking arena. That's all he did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for, yeah, forget about forget about technical wrestling. Oh, you God. know what? You know what, Eric? We were laughing a couple of weeks ago. We watched one of his matches uh, for the main event. It was 1990 SummerSlam vs. Rude, and he literally comes out. He runs to the ring, and he almost rips the fucking cage right right off the right off what it's connected to. We were like, "How did that cage like stay up without him like ripping it apart?" Yeah, he was a nut, but that was part of his embodiment of that character. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was the whole package. Well, Eric, um, so we're going to wrap things up here. You gave you the top five, which is awesome. Did you want to add anything else? I know that the store is having some special events coming up, so maybe you'd want to start there. I think it's pretty excited to give our listeners a little bit of a tidbit on what's coming, if you're okay with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no, we just made the announcement the other day. So on October 25th, which is a Sunday from 12 to 2, we're going to have demolition in the store doing an autograph signing, photo ops, a meet and greet, so to say, with the two uh, Axe and Smash, obviously. No crush. God rest his soul. Yeah. Unfortunately, Brian is not coming down from the stars. Dude, that's super exciting. I mean, 
They are my favorite tag team. They were. Because, you know, I didn't know about Legion of Doom when I was a kid. They went, they were in AWA. Like, and I wasn't watching, like, Jim Crockett promotions and all the other shit. Like, I didn't have any of that on my TV. I was watching WWF on Saturday mornings. So, yeah, they were my first taste of, like, that, holy fuck, I'm terrified of these two guys. You know? And then when Mr. Fuji fucked them over and they turned babyface, and then everybody loved them, it was like, oh, so good, man. I loved them. And then, yeah, yeah, they had the face paint, like everybody in the crowd, they had the paint, the demolition shirts, man. It, it was a great, yeah, they had a great run, man. I think they, which is, you know, it's absolutely fucking appalling to me that their streak was beat by New Day. Uh, I know, I know, I feel the you same. Know, I'm say, that's what I mean, man. Like, what the, you're gonna let those guys beat that, that unbeat that they held the belts for like something like 440 something days. And New Day gets to be the ones to beat it. I know. They, they pushed it a little further just to beat the streak for some odd reason. I don't know why. So stupid. Yeah, that's that's McMahon just giving it to them because of the whole concussion lawsuits and all that jazz. I mean, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I have a feeling. I just have a real feeling that's just like an F you to them. But the New Day, I'm not into the comedic bullshit. Let's just put it this way. I mean, they are a prominent tag team and or trio in the WWF for many years now, and they, they make a lot of money. So, I mean, again, it's just we're from a different era, right? We want smash. We want axe. We want tongues out, screaming, punching the face, you know, all that. Should I bring the Repo Man figure? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I'm like, should I bring Repo? No, definitely bring Repo. I'm bringing both. I have both individual guys carded because you can't use the two pack because it's fucking crush. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, so luckily I have them. But what I think we're gonna do for a lot of people is because you know we have a couple big tubs of Hasbro's in the warehouse. I think I'm gonna make a couple sets of Axe and Smash like loose, like how you were kind of doing it with the little plexiglass little case. Oh man, those are great. Yeah, they fit in there perfect. Two loose Hasbro's in there. You can get them signed. You know, it's a cheap little package. So because nobody's going to be spending like 200 and whatever dollars on a carded set of demolition to get signed. So they might. Yeah, I mean, if they're crisp cards, I'll I'll take them. (laughs) I think we have a set in the back for you then. Yeah, even the Jack's Classic 2-pack, man. That's a fun one to get signed. Yeah, but that's like $100. That's what I mean. Like I'm trying to think of like affordable ways that people can get some figures and, and get them signed or get any kind of merch because short of buying a bunch of bondage outfits, you're, there's not a ton, you know? <laughs> I mean, you had towels for Val Venus. I thought of the whoopee cushion for Doink. That was a cool little piece. Not crazy expensive. Yeah, when it comes to demolition, not a lot of options. All right. Well, excellent. That's going to be a fun event at Pandora's Box. And again, Eric, that is going to be on what date? And Can you please tell our listeners how to find out more information, obviously, about the store and about this signing, et cetera, et cetera? So, yeah, again, it's on Sunday, October 25th. It's from 12 to 2. We open at 11. We have adequate parking. We have a huge parking lot, also parking in the back. So you can get there early if you'd like. I'm sure there probably will be some kind of a line. If you need more info, we're going to be posting pricing of the uh, autographs and photo op combos and stuff that we're going to be doing this week you can check us out on our facebook page facebook.com backslash pandora's box new jersey all spelled out yeah you can follow us there we post pictures daily of all the new stuff that goes on in the store like i was saying earlier we're really crazy about inventory turnover so we literally post pictures every single day of new stuff going out 
Well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on this week's edition of the Collector's Corner on the Square Circle Action Figure Podcast. Thanks so much for all your insight about toy collecting. I think our listeners got a lot from what you had to say. And obviously, listeners, go check them out. Pandora's Box, New Jersey. Pandora's Box is an amazing place for all your vintage figure needs. So don't forget, check back next week when we bring another collector in to the Collector's Corner. Hello, everybody. Before we end this week's episode of the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast, I just wanted to say a few things. You heard the password for the GBM giveaway in this week's edition of the Collector's Corner. And one other thing, we did get an announcement this week that the Ultimate Edition line from Mattel will continue on Amazon in a fan takeover fashion. So, hell, maybe we're wrong. But always remember, folks, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is the gold standard in wrestling figure collecting.